Well, for those who aren't aware of that classic movie, uh, that's a, a mega mind, but um, it's probably one for the kids. But it portrays a, 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 I suppose, a simple truth that we want to get a hold of uh, today is this idea of. I suppose, what we can keep hidden at times. In, the, in this movie, um, Megamind um, crash lands on Earth. He's an alien, and, and because he's sort of different and ostracised, he, he sort of undertakes becoming a villain in his life. Um, but once he actually becomes the ultimate villain, destroys his nemesis, he realises that he's still not hasn't got what he wants in life and and this reporter who had often been sort of reporting about all the evil things he'd done he actually found himself falling for her so of course he couldn't be the alien he couldn't be the blue guy with the big head he so he came up with his alter ego and he hid the truth um, and as they, throughout the movie, they, they grew close and, and they sort of investigated all these different things and, and, and all of a sudden it came to that point in the restaurant where they, they realised that, oh, we, we actually care for each other. But all of a sudden the truth comes out. And the, and the truth, at times, once it's revealed, it, it's really hard to go back on that. And so all of a sudden we, we see at that point in the movie that she sort of walks off and, and there's more to the story after that. But this idea of hiding the truth, um, what we, we get to this point where deception causes damage and, and it causes pain. And over the next four weeks, I, what I want to look at is this idea of half-truth. And now half-truth is one of these things that um, I want to I share some really quick um, truths about half-truths. Um, it was Mark Twain who said that a half-truth is the most cowardly of lies. And then Alfred Lord Tennyson said, put it even more darkly, he said, a lie that is a half-truth is the darkest of all lies. And then there's a proverb that goes straight to the point. A half-truth is a whole lie. A half-truth is a whole lie. And so we actually live in a world where truth is actually very hard to nail down now. Um, we actually have gotten a point that a lie is repeated often enough till it becomes truth, even, but that's not really truth though. It's a lie that's been repeated. It's been repeated and been repeated. Um, and, and we see that on the media. We see that in gossip columns. Um, I, how many magazines where there has been someone who has been pregnant for four years straight and finally they are. And so they said, we were telling the truth all along. Some, some lies we, we tell to the point that maybe they do become true. Um, and the thing is, you can even see that when you overemphasize the truthfulness of things, all of a sudden phrases such as this come out. To be honest, to tell the truth, believe me, let me be clear, the fact is... Maybe when we're watching the news, when you hear those phrases, it needs to be a bit of an alarm that rings in our mind saying, maybe I need to be looking at a little bit deeper what they're saying. But even over the past few years, we've seen the term coined and, and, and sort of spread quite rapidly, fake news. The news is no longer true. And, and even interestingly, at the start of this year, I don't sure if you caught it on TV, the news um, companies like 9 and 7 and 10 were running ads to say how truthful they were. They had realized that over the past few years that people are struggling to believe what they said. So we're going to run an ad to show how truthful and factual and up-to-date we are. 
And so they, they've even started to realize that people aren't believing everything that matters. And so the problem is half-truths are things that we can tell, our, uh, tell ourselves. We go, I do look good in this. And, and maybe, maybe our mirror, like it, maybe our mirror is one of the ones from the carnival that maybe it sort of goes and makes our mind see something that's maybe not really there. Maybe it's little lies we tell to one another just to, to make ourselves look good or, or make us, maybe not to save people from pain. Maybe they're, they're truths that we tell ourselves about life that actually get to the point where we are, we wanted to tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better about what we're doing or what we have or don't have. And so this idea of half-truths being a lie and the fact that lies cause pain and damage, we've actually got to the point where sometimes we, we need to ask the question, does the truth really matter? And today I want to answer that question a little bit. Um, I, I, could, I could answer it a lot, but then you'll be sitting here for a bit and, and I'm going to see this sort of, sort of a phase come over your, your face and go, okay, they're switched off. So I want to talk about a little bit this idea that the, that the truth does matter and the, the consequences of, of living with half-truths is, is significant. And just so you've got a bit of a heads up, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at half-truths about life, half-truths about us, and half-truths about God. Because again, I think even whether you come to church every week or whether you've never been at church before, I think there are, there are half truths we tell ourselves all the time because we get to where we, we are comfortable living. This is my truth. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But to begin with, I want to sort of explore a little bit of that passage that um, Bert read for us. And because in reality, this is, this is a truth, that the devil is a master of half-truths. Uh, in that passage, the serpent was involved, but the serpent was representing the devil, and the devil sort of came and, and he basically said some things that weren't quite true that caused a catastrophe for the human race. It actually separated us from God. And so to begin with, the first, the first um, or lie that he told um, in his own way was God is not good. God is not good. Here, no, for those who aren't aware of your Bible, this is right at the beginning. You, you have chapter 1 looks at God creates the earth and he puts everything in it. And, and every single day he says, oh, and God looked at what he'd done and it was good. And God looked at what he's done and it was good. And then he came to humankind and he said, he looked at on what he had done and it was very good. And then we, there's a little bit of a, a, a sort of a, a sort of a segue in chapter two, where he sort of focuses on the creation of of Adam and Eve, and how God had actually made them for a purpose and had made them together. God had made it good, and then we see chapter three, and we see the serpent sort of um, in, in ver- chapter uh, um, three, verse one. He said, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?" Now, in chapter Two, God has said, you can eat from any tree of the garden that you want, except that one. So God actually phrased it very differently. He said, look at all the trees there and trees there and trees there and trees there. You can eat from any of those ones. So just, just skip that one. That one is not for you. So all of a sudden their eyes are looking out going, oh, this is awesome. Look at how much we've, we can, we can choose a different tree for a year or then just week. This is going to be awesome. The devil does it differently. He said, did God really say you must not eat 
from any tree in the garden. Did God, did God really say you can't do it? He sort of, he focuses on the negative. And basically when God sort of said it, he was, God was saying to Adam and Eve, help yourself. Enjoy what I've created for you. When Satan said it, he was basically trying to portray the idea, God says you can't have it. God says you can't have it. And it paints God in a negative light and saying, well, God mustn't be good then if he's keeping stuff away from me. Now, God actually knew the end game. He he knew what was good for what he had created. And God was a good God. But here is the devil sort of portraying this idea that God is not good. The second, second lie, second untruth, that God is not truthful. He does this by sort of um, putting a little bit of doubt in Eve's mind. Have you, do you ever have people that do that to you? They, they question something you've done and you're sort of going, I've got to go double check I've done that again or, or, or you're just sort of fretting over something you've said or something you've done and you, you feel sort of like, okay, I've, I've done something wrong because they've sort of how they've questioned you. Again, looking at that verse in, in uh, verse one again in chapter three, it says, did God really say, did God really say what you're saying that he said to me? Like, did God really do that? And in, the, in so doing, he basically paces doubt in Eve's mind to go, oh, did, he, did God really say that? Did God, did God want me to, where, where is my focus at? Like, God was saying, eat of all these trees over here, just skip this one. And here is the devil saying, oh, no, you can't have that one. Did God really say that, though? And, and when it comes to this, when we're talking about truth, we actually look at truth in a, a number of different ways. First of all, you've got relativism. Um, and relativism is the idea where there is no fixed truth. So there was a professor in university, he stood up and said to his students, students, I want you to tell you that there is, there is nothing that you can say that is absolutely true. There's nothing that can be, you can be absolutely sure of. And a student lifted his hand and said, Professor, are you sure of that? And he said, absolutely. The thing is, we, we are led to believe in our world that there is nothing that is solid and foundational and, and we're kind of just second-guessing all the way along going, hopefully I'm going the right way now. And in fact, that like we, we've got to the point that um, when it comes to relativism, it, people kind of define their own truth, which sort of moves us into the next area of of, of subjective truth. Well, I feel this. Oh, I, I feel that. Let me tell you about my feelings, my experience. Now, that's okay in certain areas. It's okay about favorite colors. Like, okay, my favorite color is this and your favorite color is that. That's okay. It doesn't change any of the foundational aspects of the world. It can even come down to food. My favorite food is this and, and, and your favorite food is that. Um, you, you might prefer going to the beach and some people prefer going to the bush. Some prefer, people prefer the country. Some people prefer the city. Some people prefer the morning. They're a morning person. Other people prefer sort of staying up late at night. The problem is when it goes further and it becomes, we, we in inverted commas, my truth. My truth this is when I define the world in the way that I want to. I define the world in, in my terms. And so all of a sudden, when we, when we get into this idea of my truth, all of, we, we get to the point where we are happy with some of the lies. In fact, we are happy with the drama that is part of our lives. 
Like I, I've done a lot of work with teenagers over the years and, and there has been numerous times when the way that they recount their experience, it's this big. It's like, it's drama. It's, it's like, if there was possibility of fireworks and, and ninjas, that would have come into the story. But it's like, oh, so they just said this. Oh, yeah, but they said it with the way they were standing. They really meant this. I'm going, okay, you sure? Like, because all of a sudden they said, excuse me, and you went, oh, they, they were pushing me out of the way with their head. Like, they, would, like they were, I'm going, you're creating something that's not there. And we do it all the time with so many different things because we are very much in a world now that says, the way that I feel must be true. The way that I feel must determine what is real and not. And we see that in so many different areas. But there's, there's so much danger in it because there are plenty of people who go, do you know what, the way I feel today is depressed. And so all of a sudden your truth is, is that I'm sad and I don't want to live. Well, if that becomes a subjective truth and that becomes what's real for that person, that becomes a real dangerous thing. And so when you're working with people that are struggling in that way, what you've got to do is actually build into life definite truths. Life is worth living for. No, that's not the way I feel. And so all of a sudden we we get to the point where basically killing ourselves at at old age or, or killing unborn babies becomes more than acceptable because it's a feeling based truth. And so that's basically what the devil sort of had said put into Eve's head this idea of doubt and so truth is going to be how I define it the final lie that I want to look at um, that the devil sort of basically sort of told to Eve and I think we buy into it we may not call it this but was this lie says you can be God you can be God in verses four and five it says the devil says you will certainly you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So all of a sudden, he's gone through um, like these three lies. Like God, God is not good. God is not truthful. And, and really what you need to understand is that God doesn't want you to become like him. Now, we do the same because we want control out of our lives and so we will either dictate to God what you can take and control over my life and and what you can't or we will actually say God this is the space that you can operate in my life and then all the rest is mine and we're basically saying I'm in control of my life I am Lord over my life I am God over my life and the problem is is that that's the lie the devil sort of planted right back at the beginning for each of us to, to grab a hold of. What we see is that, that Eve basically was twisted around by the untruths that the devil sort of put in front of her. Because um, in the end, Eve's eyes were open, but her experience of knowing good and evil was far from being like God. It opened the door for humanity to choose Satan's way of thinking, not God's way. And in doing that, Satan basically told her enough of the truth to hook her and left out enough of the lie to make it seem like a win-win choice. Twisting God's truth 
Satan, in, in twisting God's truth, Satan is cr- cunning and crafty in chiseling away at the foundation that holds his lies at bay. His deceitfulness plays out in three stages as we've looked at today. Doubt, um, and then we look at the idea of God's goodness, and we also then look at this idea of becoming God themselves. So the thing is, when it comes to half-truths, this is a few questions I want to ask you then today, is why do we lie? Why do we lie? Now, looking at that, we played a video earlier in the service, which was looking at Simon the Zealot. Now, Simon was one of the disciples of Jesus, but he was also a, a, a zealot. Now, for those who don't understand what that term means, it basically were, they were Jews who were wanting to change their um, community and their culture by using military means. So they were covert soldiers, they were rebels, they were, had no problems in like burning down something that the Romans had put up. They were there to, to really destroy what the Romans brought in. But you saw in that clip, it was also one of those things then that I'm going to target Jewish people that are accepting too much help, support, kind of believe in the Roman way. And so he had set himself up saying, oh, we are going to make a way for the Messiah to return. We're going to be ready when he comes back because I believe that the Messiah is going to come back and he's going to fight this physical fight. And along the way, Simon makes connection with Jesus. And I think in his own way, he would have come to the point that Jesus seems like the Messiah. Jesus seems like the one that is going to save us but Jesus was looking at doing it a very different way and so so like Simon I think a lot of us get to the point where we will we will lie to ourselves we will lie to others we will we will believe in half truth because of the experience we had and so we may go through a horrible situation as a child and all of a sudden we believe all men are bad You see how incomplete that truth is? Because of our hurt, we'll believe this. We'll believe that, oh, we had a a bad boss, and so all of a sudden all bosses are bad. You could be a boss and go, oh, I've had a really lazy work, and then all workers are bad. We we take it to that nth degree. Because of our experience, we we sort of build up a, a frame of reference that is not based in total truth. And so our experience become our lens of truth all ends of half-truth, probably more to the point. Sometimes we lie to justify our own lives. Has anyone ever shared a, uh, a story that may have not been fully true because it makes you look really, really good? I went fishing the other day and it was this big. I wasn't late for work. I was, and you put in a little bit of an excuse in, I work so hard at my workplace and everyone else and just to, to, to make yourself look better. Like we, 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 we do that. We kind of justify our lives and we, we just shift the story just enough or we, we tell ourselves something over and over again to say this is okay. One of the, the biggest examples I've seen in, the, in our modern world of this is this idea of, of love because love becomes this thing. Because everyone, love is a good thing. Who thinks love is a good thing? Some of you aren't certain, so I'm going, okay, that's just a bit concerned. But love is a good thing. But the thing is, 
all of a sudden you have a man runs out on his family and go, I'm in love with this person. And so all of a sudden it becomes okay then because love is a good thing. But that's not truth. Love is all that matters. Okay, get to a point. But all of a sudden it justifies different things because we use a word that is, is, it highlights something as good, but we put it onto something that isn't. So we end up justifying our, our own lives through the lies or half-truths that we tell. We, we become comfortable with the half-truths in our lives. Um, we, we really do. Like um, we, we come up with excuses. We come up with little lies. We come up with things that go, do you know what? Like I'm, I'm kind of quite, quite content with that. And ultimately we, we lie or we, we share half-truths because we want to control everything. We want to control how people think of us. We want to control the way that we live our lives and how we enjoy our lives. We want to control, which goes back to that idea that we are God. We want to control everything. And, and so all of a sudden, the way that we feel becomes the guiding sort of source of what is true and what is sort of wrong in our lives. And, and so, but that's not reality like there are certain things that we actually need to be factual we've got a few mechanics in our church and so if they cannot show up one day and I go you know what I feel like this goes here and this goes here like who would like their mechanic going you know what you've got a problem and I feel like it is this problem I think your car needs a psychologist I feel that's what it needs and so if you'll pay me an extra $1,000, we will get in the, you give your car the, the care that it needs. Who would be happy with doing that? No one. I, I wouldn't. Like, we went to the doctor. I feel that there's something wrong inside of you. So I'm just going to get a big scalpel and we're just going to go exploring and I'm going to feel my way around. Now, if you're still sitting down at that doctor's desk, there's something wrong with you. Because you'd be at that door. No, I don't want you feeling your experience we we want facts we we go get scans we'll go get other things oh no there is a problem this is a problem this is what we've got to do about it but there's so much in our world that is now based on feelings and this is something that is a, a known thing for humanity that we are normally very selfish we want what we want what we want i want what i want like, I don't want to sit down for, for go to a restaurant and, and order something I don't want. I want to order what I do want. I want I want this and this. And if they bring out something else, oh, that's fine. Like, I'm happy to pay for something I don't want. No, no. But, so we nat- naturally want to meet our own wants and desires. But because of the fall, because of what the devil did do and the choices that humanity made, we end up in a place where we always want to seek out what we need and what we want. You see it in children... You see it very much in children. They will might throw a bit of a tantrum to, to get what they want and, and things like that. We just do it in grown-up ways, okay? We do grown-up tantrums. Some of them aren't very grown-up, but, we, but they're, they're more grown-up than some of the kids that we see. But that's the idea that all of a sudden we want what we want. We want what we feel like. We want to do the things that we like. It's all about me because the devil said, I'm God. You see how that half-truth starts coming through. And so we do things like, we, we ask the question, what do we lie about? So why do we lie? What, what do we lie about? We, we lie about the things that make us important. 
And, and all of a sudden we, we will embed this half-truth into our life to say, I need to be making so much money to be important. Or I need to have this position at work to be important. Or I need to have worked so many days to be important. Or I, or I need to retire at a certain point to be important. And so we lie about so many different things. I need to be taller, taller, shorter, skinnier, whatever the, the thing is. We, we throw something in there and we, we will lie about those things so that we feel better about ourselves. And then when the world grafts onto that idea, the world is, is loves lying about everything. Loves lying about everything. And so that's what we, we lie about. And who do we lie to? I think the biggest target of our lies, unfortunately, is ourselves. We will lie about things. They're like, you know, I didn't take that money. I didn't take that last chocolate in the fridge. We, I, I, I didn't do that. I, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Oh, no, I did get it in time. I must have just, it must have just disappeared in, the, in, the, in that interverse thing. That It just disappeared. When I, I did send that email. I did send that money. It must have just disappeared. But more than not, we lie to ourselves about who we are and what we should be doing and how we should be living and, and our identity and all those things. And so all of a sudden we, this is where I said before, we, we settle for half-truths in our lives. So the question is, before we jump into the next few weeks, what do we do about that? It would be nice if we could believe everything we are told, whether it's from a child with a broken vase or from that politician at a political rally. But what we've come to realize is that that's not going to happen. And therefore, it's important for all of us um, to sometimes dig just a little deeper and try to find the actual truth. And when it comes to things like life and our identities and who is God, I think we need to, I know we need to dig deeper into that truth. First of all, we, we need to be ready for the battle um, for, for the truth that around us. We, we need to battle for, for truth at times. It doesn't, as I said, the media are actually sort of promoting the fact that they are now truthful, which the first question I ask is that, weren't you truthful before? Like, isn't, isn't, are you saying that you weren't before and you now are, or are you just telling me another lie to cover up the lies that you did before? Why would I trust you? But some of us, we do just, Turn on the news and let us go of us like a wave. Some of us go the total opposite way. We jump down that deepest, darkest hole on the internet. And we believe everything that is there. As I was reading this week, I, I lifted up this one article and the title of the, the article went, oh, this is great. I want to read through this. And it took me the first two paragraphs and went, this guy's another. Like he's just, he's just out there, he's just crazy and there was a phrase he used, it. we need to get back to churches which are only old King James churches. I went, okay, I'm shutting that article down. It's, I went, you, you have just got a whole lot of crazy and thrown it on a page and thrown Bible verses around it to justify it. That's not truth. That's not truth. And so we can go that other way where we sort of redefine our truth again. But we need to re be ready to battle for, for, the, the, for the truth, not the half-truth, not the truth that we want to hear, for the truth. The part of this is hard, though, because it is a battle. 
And I'm just going to show a video real quickly, which is from the movie Pilgrim's Progress. Um, for those who know, this is a, a story written many years ago, which sort of details a, a journey of a, a metaphorical Christian who is discovering the way that he must walk. So I'll let hands throw that up there. In that clip, you, you see a lot of the things that the devil initially did with Eve. Um, and, 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 and those little lies, those little sort of ideas that sort of started to plant in the head. And, and what we, we see Christians sort of do at first, he almost gives in, like the devil sort of sold him on the idea of comfort. Like, return to what you knew. Don't continue this journey. It's too hard. It's too much. Go back and, and go back to what you, you know. Now, again, that lie is told to us all the time. Sit down, be quiet. Don't stand up. Don't, don't do something. It's not about you. Like, it's, you didn't need to worry about your own needs. And as, 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 as people that are wanting to know the truth, that can't be something we buy, we buy into. And then he remembered hearing something that had been told to him before and, and this idea that, like, and the devil says, put down your sword. Stop fighting for the truth. Stop fighting for it. Don't, don't sort of, it's not something that's not worthwhile in our life. And again, that lie that the truth does not matter sort of washes over us. And then as he's listening to um, something he'd been told earlier, and they said, there will be those who appear to lead you in the right way, but that will actually lead you to misery. There are times when we will follow what we feel is right, or more the point, what we want. And we end up in a place that we go, how did I get here? How did I end up in this place? And ultimately we see that he says, and, and the thing is, he goes, oh, my, the king has never let me down. And so then the devil tries one more thing. He says, you are not good enough for your king. That is one of the half-truths that he's, he's right in a way. We are not good enough for our king. And yet God has made a way for each of us. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. And so these are the half-truths that, that are sort of just overwhelmingly thrown at us. But we've got to be willing to fight for it. We've got to be willing to sort of explore and, and, uh, and discover what, um, what truths are out there. And, and not for this purpose, because some of you may be listening and go, oh, yep, I've got people in my life that they need to hear the truth. They need to accept the truth. When it comes to discovering the truth and God's truth for us, the first place it is going to take hold is in your heart and mind. So to begin with, don't worry about other people. You've, you, you, you might be sort of going, God, yeah, check them out. Those ones over there, all the way up the back. Yeah, get those people. God is saying, no, he wants to start with you. Because again, as I said, we kind of build these half-truths into our lives. We, we start believing, we say stuff over and over again that it becomes true in our life. Oh, God, that's not, that's not my per- people to help out. That's someone else's person. That's not for me. Um, like we say things, God loves me the way I am and so I'm going to keep on doing the wrong things I'm doing. Well, God loves you. He doesn't want you to stay that way though. That's not the full truth. And so we need to be willing to battle for the truth because what we need to come to is that 
the whole truth of God is what we need to take a hold of. And we see this in, in John seventeen seventeen. It says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. So this is Jesus speaking. He's basically saying, if you want to find the truth, you need to go to the place which is true. And, and the thing that Jesus recommends is his word, which is, this is a bit, a bit weird, but just go with me. It's both himself and the Bible. So it's both those things, because right in the beginning of John, he says, I am, I, the word was with God, the word was God. And so Jesus is saying, I am the words. So everything I say is important. But he's also saying, go back to the Bible and discover the truth of who God is and what he wants for you and who we are to God. So that becomes a really important thing for us to follow, is that we, we get to a point that the Bible is true. Now, again, there's some of you out here going, oh, the Bible is just an old book. It is an old book. I, it, that's, that is a truth. It's just not a full truth. It's not just an old book. The Bible has been around. It's been one of the best-selling books for uh, generations since the printing press has come out. People have died to get the Bible out in place. And people continue to die to get this Bible into places. I don't see people dying over the latest copies of Harry Potter or whatever else. Like um, It just doesn't happen. But the Bible, people see it as so important. But then we go on to all the facts and figures of the Bible, which I'm not going to go into today. But again, if, if you are going, I want to discover the truth, but I'm not sure the Bible is the way, then come and have a chat to me because I want to show you why we can truly believe the Bible is the best way to do this. Because ultimately when we, we talk about truth, We've, we've got to get to the point where we understand the benefit of, of knowing and living out the truth in our life. And, and this really comes in the, in the book of um, uh, John uh, chapter 8. And Jesus is talking to some people there. And in verse 31, he picks up, Jesus said to the people, um, said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching. So y- you are my disciples. You are people that are walking in the truth if you follow the things that I've been saying to you. And then he picks up this in verse 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I think this is, this is why half-truths are so dangerous. And this is the problem of half-truths is that because they are a lie, they will imprison you. Now, I'm not talking about, okay, your wife has cooked you a, a meal and you go, was that, was, how was dinner? It was great. It may not have been great, okay? Or it may have been, oh, it's like when your kids bring in a bre- a, like eggs on toast for Mother's or Father's Day. Oh, thank you. It was delicious as you pull shell out of your teeth. Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the lies that become foundational, that we build everything, not only for ourselves, but our society on. Those lies will imprison us. Those lies will put us in prisons. Those lies, as he said um, in, that, in that clip, will, will make chains, invisible chains for us by which we live by. But when we know the truth, when we know God's truth, that truth will set us free. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to invite you on a bit of a journey to to jump in, to discover, to battle for the truth that God wants for us so that we may know what the life that he has for us, for our identity in him, and ultimately who he is and what he wants to show us of himself. And so I invite you to be a part of the next few weeks as we take this journey together.
Lord, I thank you that um, we can be here today and, and I suppose understand that we live in a world that is out to deceive us at times, that we live in a world that is out to make us want things that promise joy but bring us misery. Um, we, we pursue things that don't promise, that their promises don't come true for us. And I pray for everyone here today, no, no matter where they are on their journey at the moment, Lord, that they would want to know the truth for themselves. Not their parents' truth, not their grandparents' truth, not the, my truth, that they would want to know the truth for themselves. Moving beyond um, things that are relative and subjective to getting to a point of going, this I know for certain and I'll, it becomes a foundation for their lives. And I pray in the coming weeks as we talk about life and our identity and and you that we will discover even more truths about what you want for us and how you want us to live. And so I pray that um, even today you would be getting to do uh, an amazing work in our lives. And I just pray this in your name. Amen.